We're going to turn tonight to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. A little bit of expository preaching maybe which is one of the biggest things we need in the church today. We try to stick with it as much as possible. What is that? It's just letting the, just letting the Scripture interpret the Scripture, see what the Word says based on the Word. When you, when you, when you preach an expository message, there's a very little room for opinion because the Word says what it says. Yeah. All right. We're preaching about changing, have been and, and still are, we're preaching about changing the culture around us and the church culture. Somebody grab your alarm wherever it's at. Because I'm not going to start until it's off. It doesn't bother me, but I'm not going to interrupt the word with it. Acts chapter 17. And in the meantime, everybody else turn yours off. Acts chapter 17. Paul is in Athens in Acts chapter 17, verse 16. It says, while Paul waited for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked. <laughs> Do you know you have a spirit? We talk about that often. That more spirit, soul, and body. This morning, I, I, there was a lot of spiritual things going on at Mag Church and in my, my house, your house, surrounding us. Our spirit was provoked. Mine was provoked. Have yours, have yours, has your spirit ever been provoked? I don't remember applying for an Episcopalian church. Was that, on, was that on the job description? I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't remember that. I'm not, I'm not credentialed with the, with, the, with the Presbyterians, so we're going to have to join up. Yeah. It's not hard to say. <laughs> this morning, <laughs> this morning I, I'll, just, I'll just start out right up front as we're reading, just tell you how it is. From Sunday school on, there was such an oppression on me in this place. I talked to others. They, they talked about it too. That it was, it was as heavy as, as the humidity in South Texas after August hurricane and no electricity. Now that's heavy. And that's oppressive. It was one of those days after church that I could feel it half the afternoon. I needed a nap. It helped. It's one of those days where if you hadn't made up your mind, if you didn't know who you are, there's something to knowing who you are. Know who, you better know who you are. The reason we have generations in the trouble that they're in is because they don't even know who they are. They don't even know what bathroom to go to, and you think they know who they are? You better know who you are. And I got news for everybody. I'll just say it right up front. There's, a, there's only two who you are as far as 
that goes. You either go to the boys' bathroom or the girls' bathroom, and I, if you have trouble knowing which you should go to, come talk to me, and I'll straighten you out. we got to know who we are. Part of knowing who you are when you're a preacher is that there's good days, that there's bad days, that there's, that, there's, that there's days when there's such an oppression that comes against you that tries to discourage you. You ever been discouraged? That tries to call you to just throw your hands up and quit? I mean, for the first time in years this afternoon, I felt like I could just throw my hands up and quit. Just, man, I, I just, stop it not going to you know why because i know who i am and a bad day and a bad day that doesn't determine a life or a week or the rest of the day see because it's a spiritual battle it says paul was waited for them in athens his spirit was provoked within him sometimes your spirit's going to be provoked sometimes it's going to be provoked in a bad way sometimes it's going to be provoked in a good way sometimes it's going to it'll be you'll be provoked to stand up to speak out It said his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city was full of idols. Now listen, that'll provoke you. Therefore he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Now hold on a second. That's not, that's not the church world that we see today that will tell you that you just need to not do that. Did you, did you hear what I just read? We're just, we're just looking at the scripture. Talking about a culture change and just looking up the scripture. Did you read what I just said? It says, and Paul, therefore he disputed in the synagogue and with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Paul brought his doctrine and his teaching and his Holy Ghost and his salvation and his conversion and everything that the God revealed to him, he brought it with him as far as I can read in verse 17. Paul brought everything he had everywhere he went. And not every once in a while, he brought it every day. Is that what it says? And in the marketplace daily. What's the marketplace? Well, that was, that was before they changed the name to Market Basket. Y'all didn't know it'd been around that long, did you? In the market, that was wherever he went. Paul was a tent maker. He done things. He was in the marketplace. Paul was a bivocational pastor. And some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him. Let me tell you, whenever you dispute in the marketplace, there's going to be some people that will encounter you. And I think sometimes that's why we don't, we don't want to be disputing in the marketplace. It's because we don't want the, the confrontation. Talking about changing the culture. Jacob, you're half of the battle, son. Say, so what are you talking about? Are you 16? 17? How old are you? 16. Whenever you, can, whenever you can bring a 16-year-old these days to a place to love Dottie Rambo. He said, here's Dottie Rambo. She, he, she wrote that song you like. <laughs> That's a culture change. Now all I got to get this is, is the gray hairs to like Maverick City. Hell lost no one, I am saved. I'm free. 
wandering through the night. Hey, I got to tell you something. It's, there's, good, there's a generation that is starting to look for God, and they're starting. You know what I told Brandon about a week ago? I said, we need anthems back. We need anthems back. We need declarative worship back. See, we used, they used to write, see, it went through this and years ago when it was high church. You know, we used to have high church. That was before the Pentecostals came along and messed it up. Holy, holy, holy. A mighty fortress is our God. Anthems. They were good then, they're good now. But listen, times change and things change, but you don't lose things. I'm not off base. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help everybody. I'm here to tell you talking about that, that, we can, that we can sing a little Dottie Rambo. We can sing a little Maverick City. Hell lost another one. I am free. We'll, we'll sing that one for you in the next few weeks. Brandon, put it on the list. We're going to sing that one in the next few weeks, and we'll just break it in on your head, and then, we'll, and then you'll see that, 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 listen, if God quit writing music 50 years ago, we're in trouble. Grandmas, grandpas. You say, is that in there? Yeah. It's in there. And some of the, the see, the, the, they said, some of the, Philosophers encountered him and they were real nice to him and they said, and some said, what will this babbler say? I understand that. I feel like some people think that about me. Think somebody thought that about me today. What will this babbler say? And, and he said, he seems to be proclaiming a foreign God because he preached Jesus and the resurrection to them. Let me tell you, if you preach Jesus and the resurrection today, half the people are going to think you're preaching a foreign God. 75% of the people are going to think you're preaching to a foreign God, and that's in the church. And they took hold of him. Wait a minute. Took hold of him and led him, and led him to the Areopagus. Now I can't remember. They led him there. <laughs> you ought to get at these words in your head and have them in your head then can't remember them. I even looked that one up. It's Areopagus. That's right. What difference does it make? It does because you should know what you're talking about. They took hold of him and led him saying, may we know what this new doctrine of which you speak for you are bringing strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners have lived there and spent their time in nothing else but either telling or hearing something new. Hold on a second. We better get back to something old before we start worrying about something new. Because my Bible, this book says that there's nothing new under the sun. I love to tell the story. It will be my theme in glory. Why? Because I know it's true. 
And Paul stood in the middle of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're very religious. King James says, I perceive that you're superstitious. For as I passed by and I looked up your objects at your object of worship, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom you therefore unknowingly worship, him I proclaim to you. Now hold on just a second. Did Paul just tell some people that some of them were worshiping the true God and they didn't even know it? Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing. Interesting. You know what? Everybody, everywhere, is worshiping something. Everybody, everywhere, is worshiping something. The whole idea of atheism the whole idea of a godless society, of a secular society, of a, of a religion-free society is not, it's, it's from the pit of hell, and it's not only that, it's an atheist pipe dream. It doesn't exist because he created us spirit, soul, and body. He created us with a desire to worship. He created us looking higher. He created us knowing that, there, that we were small and something else was big. And I, all I can read, I, I, I'm going to have to take a little time on that verse next week or the week after. For whom you therefore unknowingly worship. I'm going to have to look and see how in the world can that, that piques my interest. How could that be? How could you unknowingly worship? But I can tell you that Romans chapter 1 says that we're without excuse because all of creation declares who he is. And God who made the world and all things in it. Being the Lord of the heavens and the earth does not live in temples made with hands. Nor is he served by men's hands as though he needed anything. Paul was letting them, letting them have it. Since he gives us life and breath and all things. And he was made from the one. Oh, hold on just a second. Do you know that the answer to, to division and racism and hatred and strife is in the Bible? Do you know that, that, that if churches are dividing, they're not based on the Word? If churches are, are segregating, it's not based on the Word? Did you see right in, in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, that it's in the Word of God that He has made from one blood. Everybody say, one blood. Say it again, one blood. Say it again, one blood. Everybody in the room say it, one blood. Young and old, one blood. It's the answer to the division. It's the answer to the racial issues. It's the answer to, the, to feminism. It's the answer to all of it. For he has made one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. One blood. One blood. Every nation. Thank you. If I had a hundred more of you, we could have church, Kinley. One blood. We're raising some Kinleys. Yes, and some Corbins. One blood. 
One blood, absolutely. And, and all men dwell on the face of the earth and back, back up. And was determined and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwelling. Now hold on. He made us all of one blood. He determined what time we were going to live in. And he determined where we were going to live when he put us here. Is that what that says? That we all come from one of the, we're, we're, what race is there? The human race. <laughs> and that he knew not only was, was, he, was he so in charge that he made every blood, every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times. Listen, he didn't want you living in the time of David or you wouldn't be here today. Hey, I wasn't created for another time. Some people say, I just feel like I was created for another time. No, you were put on the earth at a pre-appointed time and in the boundaries of your dwelling. He knew who you were, where you were, when you would be, and how he would put you there and where he would put you there. Wow, what a God that Paul is preaching to these, to these smart people. That's who they were. They were they were the thinkers of their day. They they were the ones who were they were the ones who had figured it all out. That were that were that had changed the society. They were the Greek philosophers. They were the ones that they they had outsmarted God. They were worshiping everything. Now, now think about how dumb that sounds when you say it. They were worshiping everything they could find. Everything they could find. They were even, they were even, some of them found the real one, but they built him an altar, said to the unknown God. How could you be worshiping him if he was unknown? Somebody knew him. Come on, listen to me. He said, they were worshiping everything because they were smarter than everybody else. And that's why the people, that's why the, the, the higher ups today, the so called, you know, that's quotes. That's always quotes. The higher ups today, they think they, they got it all figured out. The way we've always done it, you know. Have you ever noticed that everything in the last five years has had to change because we've been doing it wrong for the last 2,000? Somebody say amen. Yes, thank you. Man. Put her on staff. <laughs> Think about it. I'm always have too much on my mind, Joe. Always. I got to thinking on the way home from wherever I was at yesterday. I don't remember. From Houston, the day before whenever it was. Taking in the week and the conference and the things I've heard preached from such an eclectic mix of preachers that I loved and from a different environment that I loved. Listen, there, there's, there, every, church, every church has personality. And it don't have to be ours. Hell lost another one. I think God's trying to restore some things. You ain't listening. 
You know that, that all of us Pentecost, we religioned out some stuff. Some of us Pentecostal folks, we've religioned out some stuff. We've decided things, uh, and, I, and I say we, we always includes me. You can't say we without including yourself. So, so always clue into that, because see, I'm not coming after you, I said we. I believe God's trying to restore things that he, that he ordained to his church. Like what? And I just got to thinking on things. I just get to thinking on things, and I get to Scripture. And when you get to thinking in Scripture and at the same time, he'll mess you up. Psalm 150. Where is Psalm? He moved it. It's the big one in the middle. Praise him with Southern Gospel. Praise him with Dottie Rambo. Praise him with... That's not in there. I love all those. Oh, I'm messing with you. Because I'm fixing to tell you what Scripture says. Because I got to thinking about things. See, church ought to be the most exciting place. This is, this is why I say, somebody say amen. This is why I say, somebody come alive. This is, thank you. This is why I say it, because church ought to be the most exciting place in the country. We got a lot of things right before. I, but I got to tell you, we hadn't got it all right. What am I talking why am I talking about these things? Because we do have a generation that is looking for the real thing. Everybody, as hard as we can be on them, you know what the newest surveys say? I, I'm encouraged by the newest. I hate statistics because you can make them say anything you want to. But sometimes you get a real snapshot of what's really going on. And, is, and you know what? It's not the, the, this generation that we're trying to reach that are starving to death for the things of God. They're not looking for all the trappings. They don't care if you have them or not. You know what they want out of church? They want to have church. They want something that's real. They want, they want something that you, can, that, that you can give them Scripture for. They want something that you can hang your hat on. They want something that you can stand on. They want something that they can take to the bank. And we're too busy arguing over Dottie Rambo or Maverick City. And listen what? As long as I'm pastoring, there's four, I've told you this before, as long as I'm pastoring, there's four generations of people, we're going to have four generations of, of worship because you know what? I am sick of the culture that says it's all got to be this way or it won't work. And then you got the other side that says if we don't go back to all the way it used to be, then it won't work. And I got news for you that everybody in the house needs to be able to, to sing and to worship and, and to enjoy the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And listen, if God is not creative enough and big enough 
to inspire people to write great music today, then he's not God at all. I'm not talking about worship wars. I'm talking about a generation that needs to be reached that they have a place at the table too. Amen. Thank you. I'm a man. We may move them up front. Praise him in the sanctuary. Now, hold on. I meant to say, sit around in the sanctuary and get comfortable. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Somebody ought to testify about what he's done for you. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. If we would praise him according to his mighty acts and his excellent greatness, we wouldn't get out for two weeks. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine. Now that part ought not be in there. Well, not with white people anyway. Because they ain't got no rhythm. You, 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 gotta, you, gotta, you gotta have some uh, a pigment to play a tambourine. When I was in Africa, I went into a church. Every church I went into, there's a rack on the wall. And, and it had just tambourines all over it. Made, made me just... Y'all remember, some of y'all, it's like Fred Sanford. <laughs> it's the big one. <laughs> Because they know, Jason knows how many tambourines I've thrown away. <laughs> and how they keep turning up. And I thought, we can't get, we had one lady come to a revival here a while back. And she, here, at this church. And she, she came in the door and she says, can I play the tambourine? I said, you sure can't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> sure can't. I feel like I was right on that decision. <laughs> it's a, But when I got over there, and about 20 of them tambourine, you know what? We can't get 20 of them, to work, or one of them to work right, but they can get 20. I thought, this is all right. I can worship all day with you. Beat that thing. Y'all ain't hearing me. Praise him with the tambourine. Praise him with the dance. I was, trying to get, I was trying to get to that place right there. Church needs a shout back. Church needs its dance back. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, let me mess with you, Grandma, a minute. Because, see, in Pentecostals, we've always had a little dance in the church, but we always thought it had to be. Now, I'm going to mess with somebody right now. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Because there's just there's, there's things that we didn't get right. There's just things that we didn't get right. Well, I am against dancing as long as it's in the Spirit. What does that even mean? I'm going to ask you again. I've been, around, I, I, I've been around a long time. I've seen it all. I, I've been in great, powerful Pentecostal churches. I, I, I've seen them shuck and jive and buck and snort and run and seen one man that barely kept his pants on on the loop one time when I was a kid. I thought, somebody saved me. <laughs> you ain't listening to me. We have, a, in our religiosity, 
See, I started out in, Mar- in, in, in Acts chapter 17, and we're going to go back there again, because Paul was talking to the, all the smart people that thought they had religion figured out, and they were worshiping everything. And they, they were becoming contentious, like they had hands on dragging me and says, tell us about this doctrine. And I'm talking about a church that needs to get back to the book and tell you that, every, that God created it all and he created it for his glory. And we've allowed the world to take it over and shut us out of it. And all these things that I'm talking about were not created for the nightclub. They were created for the church house. Y'all didn't like that. They were not great. I I just happened to run across something last week because, you know, there's Southern gospel and there's kind of newer stuff and there's anthems and there's hymns. Then there's Jerry Lee and Elvis. And and every one of y'all got religious on me this minute because you act like you don't like either one of them and I know better. I know better. You know what I got to noticing? You know, this is why I brought that up. You know what I got to notice? And I, I got to reading it. Of course, I know a little bit about Jerry Lee. I know he went to, that he was raised in Faraday First Assembly of God. Has a cousin named Jimmy Swaggart, another cousin named Mickey Gilly, and they were raised in, in powerful Pentecostal environments. And Jerry Lee went to, he even went to Southwestern for a while until they kicked him out. You know, listen, I'm telling you this for a reason. And we like, you know, no matter. They kicked him out for all that stuff. You know where it came from? It didn't come from the it didn't come from the from the from the juke joint. Because I noticed another guy, so you, maybe you've heard of him, his name was Elvis. And he, he and I saw the other day where uh, I read an article about where they moved, you know, his 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 boyhood home over in Tupelo. They 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 moved his boyhood church beside his boyhood home so they could save it so it didn't get torn down. It still says First Assembly of God right there on the front of it. And I know that I remember the preachers over in West Memphis that used to talk about a little black-haired, dark-eyed boy that used to come stand at the end. The singers would talk about used to come stand at the end of their tape table. And he used to come to every service. And he used to sing. And, he used, and his name was Elvis. And, and, we, and somehow in the world we think that, that rhythm and, and little juke and all that stuff, that, that, that was trying to bring the world to the church. And I got news for you. The world learned it from the church. We're afraid we're going to get worldly. I'm afraid we're going to get churchy. Somebody ain't even listening. I was watching a biography one time. Anybody ever seen Ray? It's the story of Ray Charles' life. Anybody ever seen that? One time he was, he was playing in a juke joint, and he began to play and do his thing, and they about had a riot in the place. Literally, they about tore the place down. And you know why? I'll tell you why. Because the people, they were in the juke joint, this is kind of funny, but they got all upset and was going to tear the place down because, because Ray Charles was still in the sound of the church and bringing, it to the, and bringing it to the nightclub. And we're all confused now, think we're all worldly whenever it has a little juke and a little jive and a little bit. And, see, and we think that we're trying to bring the world into the church. But I got news for you. God created rhythm. He created sound. He created great musicians. He created the talent. He, create, he created all of it. And we, we've been so far out that we don't even know that, they didn't, that we didn't bring it to the world from the world that the world that took it from the church. And 
And you know what happens whenever we don't acknowledge these things and preach these things? And how do I get here? Because we got a generation that if we won't acknowledge what's true and preach what's true, because they're smarter than us, they know how to research, they don't believe you. They're not buying it because we're telling them everything we can't do whenever we're finding out where it came from. Yes, amen, it's right. I believe, now this is, you're stretching me all the way. I am telling you, it's stretching me all the way out there. It is stretching me all the way out there because I read, praise him with the tambourine, praise him with the dance. And we think that the nightclub stole the dance. And I, or the, the church that's, that's brought, that has a little juke in it, that somehow that, we, that the, they brought a worldly condition into the church. And I got news to tell you that the church gave it away. Because I've watched the church. I watch, if I'd have watched, well, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just being transparent. I've watched some services. I even went to a few last week and I thought, yeah, this is a little worldly down there. Y'all ever heard those words? It's a little worldly. That usually comes from a point of elevation. Amen, oh me. I'm not talking, I happen to be sitting in the balcony, but I wasn't talking about how high I was sitting. Y'all ain't even hearing me. I don't, I don't think that, that the music has, can I just tell you what's really going in our head? I don't think the emotional level's risen to that level and the, and the crescendo has hit the point where people will be feeling anything like that. They're just doing it. Is this okay? Yeah. It's all right. Is this all right? I, there's a few things when you travel outside of Texas and Arkansas that you see, particularly if you can get on another continent. If you go to any African country, if you go to any Central American country, you go to any South American country, you go to any Caribbean country, go to any Middle Eastern country, turns out it's just about anywhere but here. But they worship God in the dance. What are you advocating? I'm advocating one of the things I prayed for. What's one of the things I prayed for when we came to Mauriceville? We prayed for longevity. We want to be here a while. Don't kick us out, please. Because if you don't kick us out, we ain't leaving. You're stuck with us. The only thing that's getting rid of us is Jesus is coming to sit at the end of my bed and say, it's time to leave or you kick us out because I'm staying. Okay? So we prayed for longevity. 
We prayed for an area with no ceiling. You've heard me say that before. What does that mean? We went to a little town in eastern Arkansas where there, and there's nothing wrong with it. We were called there. We were supposed to be there. We had a purpose. I've been out five miles out on Jack Creek Road in Logan County where you can't get there from here, literally. And I've been in eastern Arkansas where we, we went into churches, done the things they need, trained the people that needed to be training, had a pretty good move of God going. Churches grew. They maxed out, and they did max out. All the, there's only so many people in the town. You want to hear me? Desark, town of 1500, had eight Pentecostal churches. Eight in a town of 1500. Eight. That was just the Pentecostal churches. Eight. Eight. Uh, and that, that wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't a little town right there and a little town right there. A little, no, there was soybeans there and rice there and corn there. And, then, and Walmart was over there. Eight Pentecostal churches. Y'all been there? It's kind of like Pocahontas, only Pocahontas is lots bigger. Yeah? That wasn't counting the Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians. And, I mean, we were maxed out. I'm talking about Trace. And I come down here, and this didn't look like it. I got to tell you, when, I come to, when we come to Mauriceville, we cross the intersection down here. We come, there's a, a gas station, a gas station, a church, a church. The grocery store, this didn't look like it. I thought, Lord, we are going to Mauriceville. We already knew it, didn't we? Before you knew it, we knew it. So we're going to Mauriceville. I thought, Lord, we prayed for some stuff, and this isn't it. I hear that. And then I woke up on Monday morning and tried to get out of this place, and there was people everywhere coming and going and lined up at the intersections and lined up at the intersection. Traffic, traffic, traffic. Tra- I thought maybe it is. Quarter million people in a 20-mile circle. Not much ceiling there, Grady. Great longevity, right? No ceiling. And a church that looks like heaven. I've told you that before. I'll tell you again. A church that looked like heaven. What is that? John said in the Revelation, he said, and I saw around the throne. He said, I saw around the throne every kindred, every nation, every tribe, and every tongue that they were given their crown to the Lamb. A church that looks like heaven. That means that there's going to be more people than people that are like me that are so white that they're pink. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't getting with me. Y'all don't even believe me. Do you even want it? There's people all around this area. There's people all back here. There's people everywhere that they don't look like me and they don't worship like me and they don't sound like me and they, and they don't sing like me and they may, have, they may have a little tambourine in them. If you're the right color, you can play the tambourine. You say, that's racist. No, that's a fact. We need, we need Variety. Praise him on the harp. Praise him on the lyre. Praise him on the tambourine. Praise him in the dance. Praise him with the cymbals. Praise him with the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. 
I am tired of the world stealing for what, from the church what was intended for us. And then us get, and you know what we do? We cover it up by acting like it was, it was the other way around. It's true. I'm talking about culture changes. Culture changes are a hard, are a hard steer. Do we know that? Culture changes are a hard steer for me. You say, well, now, now, now let me make sure, I, make sure you understand. I know how everything thinks and everybody works. And because I've been there, I've done this, and I've been in the middle of it. And, I, and let's analyze it. Because see, what I know now is, well, I knew he'd go that way. It was just a matter of time. First it was, sit down. <laughs> well, first he threw our grand piano away and painted the ceiling black. I knew he'd get, he's just gone liberal and worldly. Longer he's here, the more liberal and the more worldly he gets. I'm telling you how church people think because I was one of them. I'm telling you how whenever people begin to get stirred out of their, out of their nest and out of their comfort zone and, and when things need to change and need, listen, some things need to change. And whenever, whenever we start crossing generations, and that's, see, the, the, one of the hardest moves to make is to cross the generations. The biggest move to make is to, is to, is, is to cross, the, cross the, the, uh, the barriers. But still today, in 2021, with all of the hoopla and all the most segregated place in America, still 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. And I got news for you. There ain't a black church and there's not a white church. There's not a Hispanic church. There's the church. That's right. Thank you. There's the church. And the hardest things to do is to tear down these old strongholds. And that's what they are. They're hard for me. Yeah, they're hard for me. It's hard for me because we've been conditioned to think that we're a compromiser. You know what I'm for, Scott? I'm for every tool in the drawer. Well, and the rest of you too. I'm for every tool in the drawer. I'm for every tool in the drawer. I am for every tool in the drawer because the, the Bible says, listen, the Bible says, listen to what the Bible says. The earth is His and the fullness thereof I went to the enemy's camp well that's old school and I by the way when you first started singing that that was modern worship and you hated it I went to the enemy's camp. 
And I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp. And I took back what he stole from me. Oh, he's under my feet. He's Satan is under my feet. It's time we went back and took back what he stole from us. It's time that we got our sound back. It's time that we got our music back. It's time that we got our joy back. It's time that we got it's time that we got our dance back. It's time that we got our shout back. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It's time. It's time. It's time. You want Mag Church to reach this area? It's time. It's time. It's time. Worship team, find your way back up there real quick. Quick, 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 quick. You might find that one, Brandon, if you got it. Tear it up, Noah, when you get there. Hurry, hurry, hurry. just to be alive just to join in just to add to the atmosphere of the worship just to let God know that you're still alive and you didn't have to check your pulse come on somebody and sing it again well I went, went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me I took back what he stole from me somebody take it back tonight Somebody take it back tonight. Come on, somebody take it back tonight. Somebody take it back tonight. Took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. 
service with that kind of engagement it would begin to change right then yes. right then it would it would change right then For I, the Lord your God, desire your praise. I desire your song. I desire, I desire the fruit of your lips. I desire your heart. I, desi I desire your dance. I desire your whole being. I, the Lord your God, desire my worship in my house. He said, he said, I will dwell in the midst of a people that will praise me and that will worship me. I am still enthroned on the praises of my people. I, I will still move in the midst of a people that will lift me up, says the Lord. Sing it. Oh, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. What is stole for me? I went to the enemy's camp, and 
close to your breakthrough of having your joy back and your victory back if you'll worship him, if you'll praise him, if you will lift him up, if you won't get caught up just between you and him and let him see your praise tonight. Sing it. Well, I went to the Somebody, somebody, come on. Oh, there, he's right. 
Somebody sing it. Somebody sing it. Somebody sing it. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. He said he's just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Come on, somebody tell him. Look what he's done. Look what the Lord has done. Come on. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Come on. I'm going to say He saved He's just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Play. Just play. Play. And you know why? Because you hadn't had no joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, somebody. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say, so whenever the oppression's been heavy like a wet blanket, you need the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on. 
Yeah. Sing it again. Oh, why don't you look, look what, what the Lord has done? Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise His name. He saves just the same. Come on and praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, why don't you look what the Lord has done? Look what the Lord has done. He my body. He touched my mind. He saved me right just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise His name. He saves just the same. Come on and praise Him. ready to face tomorrow. Come on, somebody. That makes me ready to take on another day. Yeah. Come on. I'm not done till he is. Somebody let the Lord use you. <laughs> yes. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Sing it. Come on, somebody. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. Stand How marvelous, my Savior's love. Okay. Wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Singing how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall I stand amazed. Sing it. Oh, I, stand I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And I wonder how he could love me. A sinner condemned Think about it. Think about it. Yes, I stand, stand amazed in, in the presence. You're in His presence tonight. Jesus, the and I wonder how He could love me, a sinner condemned. Sins and sorrows. Sing it. He took all my sins. All my 
touch his body, for John Mankins, for Chad's sister Kelly, Mike Cerny and his family, his sister's been sent home on hospice. We want to remember her and his family. We want to continue to remember Dean. We're going to pray. Let's pray. Y'all just continue to play, continue to pray. Lord, that we just bring it to you tonight while we stand in your presence. Lord, I believe bodies are healed in your presence. The joy is restored in your presence. The peace of mind is restored in your presence. Lord, you do miracles in your presence. There's freedom in your presence. There's liberty in your presence. But there's miracles in your presence. Stretch your heads toward Grady. Lord, we lift up Grady tonight that you would touch his body. Lord, that you would heal, that you would restore, that you would deliver him from the pain. Lord, that for Jackie Rogers tonight in his hospital room, Lord, that, that he would be touched from the pain and he would have a full recovery tonight from his surgery. Lord, we lift up Dean tonight that the healer is reaching into her body even now and bringing restoration. All across the miles, we lift up John Menken tonight in a hospital room in Northwest Arkansas. But your word declares that you sent your word and healed them. Tonight, send your word to John Menken's and touch his body. Lord, for Kelly, Lord, that you go into her room right now in the name of Jesus and open those lungs, heal those lungs, restore those lungs in the name of Jesus. Lord, across this place, needs that hadn't even been mentioned but have been brought to you in private. Lord, you know every one of them. You know every situation. You know what's needed this week. You know what I need today, tomorrow, and the next day. Lord, that I pray across this room that this is just the beginning of what you would do in a people. That, you would, that we have been touched by the spark of the fire of God and that we would kindle it, that we would build it, that we would still next week stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Lord, that you would have your way in Mag Church. Lord, you have given us your word. You have given us your word. We don't have to have another thing to act on what you've already promised. Lord, that we would act on what you've already said. Lord, send your word and send your power. Send your strength. Send your joy. 
And Lord, let us walk in it from this day forward. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How marvelous. Oh, how marvelous. That the, the diet, that the atmosphere changed. Just like that. When the praises of the Lord began to go up. Yes. That you sleep on it. That it visits you. That it calls to hunger that can't be put down. A thirst that cannot be quenched without more. Without more. Without more. Not just, not just a special night, Mark that it can't be quenched without more. That it's the fire that started tonight. Amen? Amen. Sing it as we go. How marvelous. 